This podcast is sponsored by Genesis. Genesis is the global leader in omnichannel customer experience and contact center solutions. If you'd like to see a demonstration of the Genesis Cloud contact center platform, visit www.callcenterhelper.com forward slash demo. Once again, that's www.callcenterhelper.com forward slash demo. Thanks. Welcome to this week's episode of the Contact Center Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Mitchell, and I'm the Features Editor here at Call Center Helper. In this episode, we'll be looking at the topic of Contact Center Evolution, Where Are We Heading?, with Keith Gates, an experienced customer service director. Keith has appeared on many Call Center Helper webinars before and has been a long-term favorite of our viewers, so it was great to have him join us for our podcast, where he shares lots of great and original insights into the future of the Contact Center. The agent is only as good as the information they have. It's not uncommon for the customer to be more informed than they are. So this is a key area for me for the next few years. My plea goes out to the IT industry to fix the issues with the knowledge systems. Gamification, wearable tech, big data, they're all buzzwords I've heard at various conferences the last few years, all of which have faded away and came to nothing. Is AI going to go the same way or is it here to stay? My personal view is that whatever technology is available, the customer will choose what is most convenient for them. We have to be where the customers are, so the choice of channels will inevitably increase. We always hear phrases and taglines like the best service is no service and it seems like many organizations are trying to bypass the contact center with uh, self-service and automation. So as organizations evolve, will we still need call centers? Yes, we will. Yes, we do. But for much more complex issues. Most of the high volume, low complexity interactions have now moved online. So in many operations now, people are calling because they haven't been able to self-serve or do what they need to do online. This presents a problem for the industry as it grew up with lower paid, lower skilled staff. But as the complexity increases, so will the skills and qualities needed. And frontline staff are not stupid. They know the market rates being paid. and The better ones will seek to be better rewarded. And this will either be by internal promotion or they will leave. Perhaps more importantly, how do we position working in the call centre as a great career choice to attract the type of talent we need for the work of the future? Yeah, I think that's a very uh, interesting question to consider and um, one that many uh, call centers are already kind of asking themselves and already acting on. In fact, I'm seeing some contact centers look to homeworking to increase their recruitment pool. And is this a trend that you expect to see more of as well with call centers looking to attract a different type of talent? Well, homeworking has been about for many years now and still doesn't seem to have the mainstream take-up that we all expected it to. And I wonder what the reasons are for this. It shouldn't be about technology anymore. So many systems are cloud-based, and home network speeds are so much better than they were. So maybe it's cultural. You know, homeworking doesn't suit everyone. Call centers are places with lots of vibe, lots of atmosphere, lots of great people, lots going on. And a lot of people prefer being with other like-minded people. There are not a lot of people that like or enjoy working in isolation, so maybe that's the reason. And maybe it's also cultural on behalf of the employers too. There are still too many places that think if they can't see you, then you're not working, and we have to get away from that. I think that's interesting. I mean, I've myself done a bit of homeworking in the past, and at the start, it was just for a few weeks, and I thought at the start, oh, this is great. But then after a few days, I mean, I started, it started to become a different feeling. 
like, oh, it's a bit of social isolation, as you say. So I think that's a very interesting point to consider. And um, so homeworking is something that planning teams will likely have to think about more in the future. And I think another thing that they'll have to think about, too, is service level. I mean, for so long, we've stuck to that kind of traditional 80% of calls answered in their 20-second marks. But we're now kind of seeing that change in our own research at Call Center Helper. I mean, we're seeing groups of uh, contact centers move to an 80-40 mark now and also a 90-10, so in two separate directions. But how do you see uh, service level as a metric evolving as we uh, move forward in time? Well, you're absolutely right about that. The service level re- re- required depends very much on the organization that you're dealing with. I worked at a mobile phone company running their large call center estate and 8030 was, was perfectly acceptable. But equally, when I ran the NHS and the ambulance service, we needed 95 in 10 because it wasn't until we answered that phone call if we knew it was a baby turning blue, a heart attack or an ingrown toenail. So it has to, it has to reflect the business that you're in. I was also reflecting recently on, on what I was working on at the start of the last decade, given that we just started a new decade, and it was still all about service levels and percentage of calls answered in 20 seconds. You're right, that era has passed now. It's partly because the planning teams are so skilled now. The forum have done a great work to professionalise and share and develop best practice here, but also because customers have demanded and a lot of businesses have recognised that it's the quality of the resolution that, that is what matters most the ability to resolve the customer's issue quickly and without effort, repeating or duplicating is what's needed most now. Mm. Yeah, I think from what you've just uh, said there, I sense that as the contact center evolves, we need to start thinking more about knowledge sharing uh, systems that we can use to support advisors. Because, you know, we I mean, as you say, resolving customers' issues quickly and without effort is something that we have to address not only through self-service but in the contact center as well so but do you think that this is something contact centers are struggling with even now in terms of putting the right knowledge sharing systems in place they definitely are the last three organizations that i've run the biggest problem with customer contact is the knowledge system so it's the biggest problem i'm seeing in many places at the moment with the increasing complexity of customers requirements when they're calling and the ever-increasing levels of customers' expectations, they expect you to have the information to hand right away. The agent is only as good as the information they have. It's not uncommon for the customer to be more informed than they are. So this is a key area for me for the next few years. My plea goes out to the IT industry to fix the issues with the knowledge systems. And there's added bonuses. If we do fix the knowledge system, then that information can also be deployed into the website and social media meaning more customers can find the answers and information they need without the need to call in. So it's a massive win-win for everybody. Yeah, I think it's uh, interesting as you're kind of saying that. I was thinking about the um, knowledge management systems that many call centers still don't have in place, which we may consider in some organizations to be very fundamental things. I mean, such as the Knowledge Champions Initiative or having knowledge templates so advisors can fill that in so it's easy to know what they say to the customer and what instructions that they have to do. And just having these simple knowledge management techniques in place is something that many businesses are still lacking. So I thought it was very interesting insight that you just shared. And knowledge is a very interesting area in general. I mean, according to our own research, um, contact centers are looking much more to invest in knowledge-based technology in their future, which I think is a very interesting point that we've taken from our latest research 
And another interesting point that we also took from this, sorry, just moving quickly from one topic to another now, is that contact centers are massively cutting back on their outbound operation too. I was just wondering why you think this may be and if you expect this trend to continue. I do expect it to continue. Outbound is becoming much more complex, multiple layers of compliance needed. And operators will need to move to a much more relational dynamic rather than seeking new customer acquisition through that channel. But we have been speaking about this for a few years now. So it is those that have planned ahead and have adapted that are going to be successful. There was a great article recently by Steve Sullivan and the DMA about this, exploring the many complex layers of compliance needed for it to succeed. It showed that volume of outbound activity has halved in the last 15 years, and now less than one in five UK contact centres are taking outbound activity. I think that's a thing that's that's a very surprising um, statistic there that halving in fifteen years is something I knew it was going down, but to that extent is uh, that's quite remarkable and it's especially interesting when you consider that outbound can still work really well for initiatives like proactive customer service and contacting the customer before they even realize that there's a problem and telling them what you're going to do about it so it stops them from calling you I mean these are these are initiatives that a lot of kind of vendors are selling their kind of tools around now, proactive tools. But I mean, the fact that outbound is continually kind of decreasing kind of goes against the notion that we're going to see more, more of this uh, proactivity in the near future, at least. And I think this is maybe what is keeping uh, outbound alive for the moment is some sort of proactivity and that kind of notion going towards the future but i was just wondering what other trends like proactive customer service you expect to arise in the near future i think there's two things for me one is one is speed and again it comes back to the knowledge system one of the issues with the knowledge system is getting the right information into it but the other the other issue is getting the information into it quickly enough because again you do have the situation sometimes where customers are more informed than the agent on the phone purely because of the the, the lack of um, timely information and the other big thing is AI, um, but is it just the latest fad? You know, gamification, wearable tech, big data, they're all buzzwords I've heard at various conferences the last few years, all of which have faded away and came to nothing. Is AI going to go the same way or is it here to stay? Time will tell, but my view is that AI is here and will only develop further. But businesses need to be very careful about how they deploy it, and the vendors and consultants need to be careful about how they promote and position its benefits. My plea is for this not to be another hammer to simply reduce costs and headcounts, but to be used to enhance the service the customer receives and not be the 21st century's version of the IDR issues with dead ends and loops that drive customers mad that mean they can't get their issues dealt with. And the final thing is customer emotion. Years ago, we focused very much on CSAT, a measure of satisfaction. Then it was all about MPS, a measure of loyalty. Now it's about driving towards emotion. And there's lots of very clever people trying to work out what that actually means and how or if you can actually measure it. I think there's so much to uh, unpick there through what you just said. I mean, I really agreed heavily with that point about we're still seeing IVR issues however many years after these technologies have been brought to the contact center. So it's it's interesting to see how AI will uh, develop into the future and hopefully we don't see those similar mistakes repeat themselves. And uh, the emotion, again, is, uh, is a very uh, interesting thing. We're hearing a lot at the moment at call center helper about emotions and 
forming memories around the customer experience and including them in trying to build in emotional intelligence into the call center. And I think it's two very interesting topics. But one other that I'd love to get your opinion about and these continuing trends is the future of the phone channel. While the contact center will certainly live on from uh, one of the key points that we discussed earlier, do you think the phone channel will remain the number one channel in the coming years? I believe it will. There was some great research from Nicola Millard at BT uh, back in the last year uh, showing that the phone still accounts for over two-thirds of transactions and is predicted to remain so. My personal view is that whatever technology is available, the customer will choose what is most convenient for them. We have to be where the customers are, so the choice of channels will inevitably increase. But we mustn't have two-tier customer service. There is still and always will be a place for the phone, and many people have no alternative. And we have to continue to provide great service to all the customers, not just those that are more tech savvy. Mm. Yeah, I think that's, again, is a very, another very interesting point. I mean, Nicola from uh, BT, we've had on a podcast before, and she has lots of uh, great new uh, research. And I think uh, that's another really interesting point. I mean, we're all on a digital journey, I guess. And so often, I think people think young people want self-service and older people want these newfangled digital channels. I think everybody will still use the phone for those really emotional issues and we shouldn't think about it in such a separated way. And I really think that's a very interesting point as well. But, you know, out of the uh, trends that we've discussed so far today, I mean, we've already talked about AI and emotion and homeworking. Which do you think will have the most profound impact on the contact center in the coming years? Uh, I think it's going to be AI. And sadly, that's because I think a lot of finance directors will see it as a silver bullet to finally reduce headcount costs and drive more people to self-serve, reducing contact volumes. We as an industry have to articulate strongly that this should be another channel for those that want to use it. You know, if we force people into it, the damage to customer experience is going to be huge. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's uh, one of those. I mean, we saw lots of contact centers implement chatbots quite early on and um, maybe not get those quite right before putting them in front of customers and I think you know as long as we kind of think about it more systematically and I just want to kind of ask you one quick thing around this AI topic do you think that it will be things like chatbots that brands look to implement or do you think it will be other things maybe maybe a bit more along the lines of automation I think everybody is still trying to work it out I first had discussions around AI at a contact center I was running back in 2012, and organizations are still trying to work it out eight years later. So it's not gained a lot of mainstream traction yet. It's still a very niche thing for a very small number of people. So I think we've got a long way to go. And again, coming back to another topic, the AI is only as good as the knowledge that we put into it. It can't guess. So it comes back to having timely relevant knowledge available and if we can get that then we can start to deploy that i think that's interesting and that knowledge point i mean we talked about knowledge sharing earlier very much getting the knowledge to the agents but you know if you can connect your different departments together and you have a flow of knowledge that would work really well to feed your AI um, systems as well so you can manage and use data to your advantage. I think that's a very interesting point. And quickly, uh, I know earlier we mentioned emotion. I just want to quickly drop back in on that. Do you think this will have a really big impact on the contact center in the coming years? I think it will for the more mature organizations, those that have been running contact centers and have already have great customer service reputations. I think the next step is to move on to customer emotion. 
for other organizations, you know, the one I'm working with currently, we're a long way behind. You know, we're still getting to see SAT and MPS. So emotion is a long way down for us. And it's very different, again, according to the business that, that you're running. If you're a big retailer selling a sofa for three and a half thousand pounds, emotion and connectivity and how that person feels about it is very important. For me, at a bus company, selling a ticket for one pound eighty-five, it's much more difficult to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, it's a very interesting point. And I think one one thing that a lot of brands are struggling to do with emotion, which you can do with satisfaction and net promoter, as you say, is to uh, find out how to measure it. As well, I know there are there are ways to measure it as a metric through kind of asking questions about the experience and categorizing their responses into positive and negative words and using that as a kind of a formula of how many positive words do I get and how many negative words and kind of using that kind of to add to a mathematical equation, which I know is being used. But I think the more sophisticated way is through uh, speech analytic systems and sentiment analysis. Is this anything that you've seen work before? And do you think that this is the future? I think it is. And again, there's a lot of very, very clever people working on that and a lot of very clever people working out how to do it and how best to deploy it. Some organizations are obviously a lot, lot further down the road than others on that. Others are still trying to grapple with what it means. And again, it'll be more relevant for some businesses than others. But again, speech analytics, you know, we've been talking about this for eight, nine years now, and it's still not mainstream. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very true point. And it's kind of interesting to see how, I guess we'll see as time unfolds, how emotion is, if it still does actually cling to organizations within the next five or 10 years, and if it will take longer and how more traditional metrics, maybe like customer satisfaction and first contact resolution even, uh, will whether they'll stay at the kind of strongholds of the customer experience metric scene. Is there anything else in terms of uh, customer metrics that you think will possibly change within a few years? Do you think this customer satisfaction will be still be number one? I think CSAT and MPS is going to be here for a long time. Organizations are getting better at using it and customers are used to deploying it. I think the next stage for that, and it's something that, that we're doing at Stagecoach, you know, we've implemented that and we've got our feedback systems, but it's getting into the closed loop. It's digging into the, the, the verbatims and categorizing those and uh, understanding exactly how we can adapt our service based on what people are already saying. That's the next level. Yeah, I think it's uh, interesting. We were talking a little bit about uh, NPS before we uh, started going live. And I know that you've seen some uh, really great NPS scores at Stagecoach, how you've managed to increase by um, almost 30 points within less than a year. What do you put this down to? And do you think and what can maybe different organizations learn from your approach? What we've sought to do is to change our frontline culture. So most transport organizations focus on on the on the bus or the train, what we've tried to do is work with all our frontline staff. That's the person on the bus that matters, not the bus itself. So we've done a huge amount of culture change, and really we identified fairly early on that the that the culture was was unwritten and it was happening at the depots. So we we have call center levels of attrition in in bus driver population. So we train an awful lot of bus drivers. And they're taught how to, to drive the bus safely and they're, they're taught about customer service. But they would get back to the depot and the culture would emerge fairly quickly. But the only thing that mattered was getting the bus around to its timetable. No one spoke about it. No one trained them on that. No one measured on that. But that's the culture that emerged. And that's what we're trying to change. And that's what we've been able to work on very heavily with our 
partners over the last six, nine months and we're starting to see some great results from doing that. Yeah, we obviously, we talked about your results and they are very impressive. And I think culture is something that we haven't really spoke about so far, which is, I think is going to be a very interesting trend as we move into the near future and how we kind of motivate and engage our employees and maybe make sure that we start setting the right expectation and we don't just follow processes that have maybe been there for years before, but nobody kind of really talks about that. I think this is one problem that we have in kind of call centers, especially where people get promoted from lower ranks but they don't try and change things they just try to replicate the job that um, of the person before them because they think oh they might be my mentor I'll just try and do the same job that they did so the evolution period for call centers maybe isn't as quick as uh, we would hope it would be do you think that maybe in looking into culture and employee engagement is going to be a really major aim for many organizations within the next five to ten years I think that's huge, and one of the reasons for it is the customer's expectations are moving much more quickly than the ability of the call centre to adapt. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting, as you say. I think the expectations of workers as well maybe is something that's particularly interesting. Do you think that this millennial generation that's maybe moving into the call centre right now have much different expectations as well as customers? Oh, they, de- they definitely do. They definitely do. It'll be. I, I haven't seen any research specifically about attrition levels from the under 25s. It would be very interesting if someone did that piece of work to see where the attrition levels are and what the retention levels are like with, with, with that generation. They're a very aspirational generation, rightly so. The idea of a job for life, you know, went, went a long time ago. So uh, it would be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think the uh, average worker now coming through into the call center would expect to have five other jobs in their lifetime. I think that was a stat that I heard recently. And I think that's a very interesting point to end on. I mean, we spoke about so many great topics today, AI, emotion, workforce management in terms of service level and homeworking as well. And there's lots more great insights that I'm sure that you have to share with our audience. So where can our readers go if they want to find out any more of your insights? Are you on any social media platforms like LinkedIn? Yes, I'm on LinkedIn, Keith Gate on LinkedIn, Keith Gate MBA. Excellent. Great stuff. Thanks for joining us today, Keith. Thank you. That's all for this episode. Thank you to Keith Gate for a great conversation. We'll be back next week with another industry expert who will share even more great insights that we hope will help you in running an excellent contact center operation. This podcast is sponsored by Genesis. Genesis is the global leader in omni-channel customer experience and contact center solutions. More than 11,000 companies in over 100 countries trust the Genesis customer experience platform to help them connect effortlessly with consumers across any channel, voice, text, web chat, and social. If you'd like to see a demonstration of the Genesis Cloud contact center platform, visit www.callcenterhelper.com forward slash demo. Once again, that's www.callcenterhelper.com forward slash demo. Thanks. The Contact Center podcast is produced by Call Center Helper, the leading contact center magazine. You can subscribe to our podcasts or give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. You can also access our entire range of podcasts through the Call Center Helper website by visiting callcenterhelper.com forward slash podcasts.